Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back in the book cave today. We're going to be talking about uh, The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn. Yes, and this is, listeners, this is episode 19 of our podcast. I'm... um, Weirdly proud of us. Who would have thought <laughs> we would have made it to episode 19? Uh, well, I mean, I thought we would, but the busier we've gotten, it's, it's, it's been a little, it yeah, then. but we're here we're and we here. made it we and did. we're ready to talk. Yep. Yep. Uh, so today, like I said, um, we're talking about the women in the window. Um, but first, let's go into what are we drinking? What are we drinking? Well, the only logical choice for this book, <laughs> honestly, really? was a red wine. It really, it really, really <laughs> Main was. character. Um, I think this is, I think it's basically, a, well, it's not all she drinks, but it's about oh. all she drinks throughout the entire book. Um, so today we are enjoying um, a red wine, and that's... That's the category. It's, right. it's, it's not a cab. It's not a Merlot. It's a red wine called Head High. It's a 2013 vintage. And when we read the label, it seems a little bit like the winemakers had a little wine left from a bunch of vats, and they just dumped <laughs> them all into this big one. So we're going to try it and tell you how it worked out. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad. It's not as uh, strong as a Cabernet would be or flavorful. I think there's five wines in here. (laughs) (laughs) Cabernet, um, Merlot, Grenache, Zinfandel, and Malbec. Malbec. Good job. Yep. And so, yeah, so I think the Zinfandel and the Grenache are a little bit more sweeter type of wines. So it mellows out the heavier types of wines. So it's actually pretty good. Now, I don't like warm wine, so I just add a little bit of uh, one ice cube to my red wine. Yeah. It works out. <laughs> it does. And it just, to me, it adds just a little bit more to it. Now, okay. the other thing, what an addition, additional objects in the wine <laughs> happen to be a little bit of a cork. Yeah. So uh, we had a little bit of a cork issue, and it just tore apart. And so I ended up having to push it down to the bottom. And then, of course, so... Um, if you're picking things out of your teeth later, yeah. that's why. <laughs> well, and yeah. I don't know anything about wine. If you handed me a glass of red, I couldn't tell you at all what kind it is. So um, um, for me, it's just, it's palatable. It's fine. Oh, yeah. I it's don't, a very gen- um, generalist wine. It's Yeah. Yeah. It's very good, actually. So, so, yeah. Head high. Red wine. Not bad. Nope. Good choice. So... Um, and, the, and at the rate she was drinking it in the book, oh. it probably would have been cost effective to drink a red wine. Yeah, I think what was it? But that? we'll get there. One to two bottles a day, night? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, at minimum. Right. So, All but right. before we get into that, Kelly, yes. do you have a summary of the book? I do. So, okay. So Anna Fox is our main character. Um, she's within the past, what, six, seven months, she's... She experienced a very traumatic experience, right? Mm-hmm. And a very traumatic accident that pretty much left her a recluse. A recluse. Yep. Um, and she's now agoraphobic. So she never... Severely. Severely. She cannot leave her house. Um, high anxiety, panic attack. She just cannot leave her house. So to pass the time, because she lives alone, mm-hmm. she has a tenant, but he's not necessarily around, but she lives alone. So to pass the time, she's got into online chess... She's learning a language. 
Um, and, you know, she's also a psychologist. Yep. Previously to her traumatic experience. And so she mentors people in a support group online. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, because she has a lot of time on her hands, she tends to spy on the neighbors around her. <laughs> That's the most direct way to put it. Yes. (laughs) She's got a camera and she zeroes in on them. She can see in their windows and she knows everything that's going on in the neighborhood. Um, so that's that's what she does. And then of course, as we mentioned, she she tends to either over medicate or under medicate with the medicines that she on, and she also drinks a lot of wine on that. So um it's it's hard to say whether she's really ever lucid or not. Right. Um, so she witnesses that on one day while she's spying, she witnesses an instant, an incident at one of her neighbor's house and, uh, and she tries to call the police or tell people, but no one believes her because she's over medicated or under medicated or drunk or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And, um, so then she has to set out to find the truth and make people believe her. So that's kind of where we're kind of the summary. And while she's doing that, she's also... I think, trying to believe herself. Right. Because after these people all question what she saw, then she starts a, down, a little downward spiral about whether or not she is a reliable witness. Right. Right. So. so yes. So that's the summary. Good one. Mm-hmm. Good Thanks. job. Mm-hmm. So before we get into spoilers. Yep. What are you reading? What am I reading? Um. Okay. I finished... Red, white, and royal blue. After oh, you that. and yes. Jen suggested it, that was a great one. Yes. Um, I am reading Paula McLean. When the stars go out, that's a new one. I just started it though, so I can't really tell you yet if I'm into it or not. But uh, yeah, so I'm in that, and I'm reading the next podcast book, okay. which we'll talk about later. Right. Um, I don't have time to read right now. <laughs> <laughs> I finished this book at L. Now, I've already read this book before, yeah. so I but I had to go back and read it um, because I didn't remember. It's been over a year. and uh, but So I just finished this book, and I'm about ready to start our next podcast book. So there's nothing in between right now. It's okay. just these two yeah. things. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so Okay. All right. Well, um, so if you have not read The Woman in the Window – oh, and we had talked about this – we read this book because it's being – Released as a film yes. on Netflix. We May have, 14th, I Right, believe. so it's not out yet. Right. So we did not get a chance to review the film as compared to the book. But if you have not read the book or if you plan to watch the movie and you don't want there to be any spoilers, press pause, come back and listen to us after you have read or watched it and see if you agree with what we think. <laughs> and, well, and you know, Amy Adams is playing the... I'm just not sure. That'll be interesting. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I pictured um, a dark-haired woman with. I don't know why I pictured that. I don't. I don't know. I, yeah. I just don't see her. But so it'll be interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So three, two, one. Spoiler alert. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> all right. First of all, I, I have to. I'm really proud of myself <laughs> because I guessed one of the two twists in this. Book. Okay. From the beginning, from the first mention of the child and the husband, I was like, they're totally dead. See, I have, okay, I've, this is my second time through this book, and I came to that part last, I totally forgot that part. Okay. Like, totally forgot that part. Yeah. Um, And last night, I'm like, when I came to it, I'm like, it was like a little bit of a shock, and I'm like, 
right. And, you know, and I kept saying to myself, I even wrote down here, I kept saying to myself, okay, wait a minute. Why is he being so nice to her on the phone? Like when they would, I yes. kept thinking they were, they were, she was having an affair. Well, and he was mad at her right. and they were getting divorced and he's so nice to her on the phone. Well, so at first, I think we're meant to believe that that's because she's had whatever traumatic experience we don't know about. Like, because from the beginning, we don't be. know well, what, the, right. what the incident is, right? right? Um, but I'll tell you, the giveaway was because I listened to the first half of this book, and then I had to finish it in print because I needed to be ready to do this, and I wasn't going to be. This one was, in fact, like 12 hours long or something. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because um, it's a fast read. Again, I, I'm not sure, you know, why the narration takes forever, but it does. Um, so I listened to the first half, and I think what... What gave it away for me was the very deliberate language. She never talked about the phone ringing. It was never like oh. I called them. There was something about she said she didn't have to work because of Ed, not because of Ed's job or not because of Ed's planning. But, you know, thanks to Ed, I didn't ha- I didn't have to I don't have to work while I'm recovering. So there was various there was some very specific choices about about how they were communicating. And so, but yeah, from the beginning, I was like, I'm, I think they're dead. And I was so proud of myself. I know. I just like, I, it was just so funny last night. I'm like, oh, it went yeah. down. It was like, oh, right. They're yeah. dead. And so, but yeah. But if I think if I was reading it, I might not have picked up on it so quickly. It was just, it was just from the very beginning. The language choices were yeah. deliberate. And I so. can see that because, yeah. Um, yeah. But that was... I think that was the bigger twist for me, reading okay. it again. Okay. Then, well, do you remember when the first time you read it, if you knew who the actual like stabber was? Maybe we should tell what the incident is. <laughs> okay, so she she observes through the window. Uh, these it, and there are a new family that's moved in. Yes. She observes like an argument, mm-hmm. and then as people are fading in and out of the window panes, she sees. A woman is totally fine in one window, and when she gets to the next window, she's been stabbed in the abdomen and she's bleeding. Right. And um, so she's calling the or she's calling there first, which I was like, I don't understand why you're calling that house. Like, right. call the police, lady. Right. right. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> and um, so she's calling the house, and then she's calling the police, and then she was like in a big moment for her, went outside. Because she right. hadn't been outside. And the police found her, like, passed out in the park, which was their first kind of indicator that maybe she wasn't going to be reliable in her story. Right. So, um, but anyway, so she's, I didn't know, I didn't know who the stabber was going to be. I totally thought it was the dad. Well, because that's what you're made to believe. Right. Right. In the book. Because he's, he's you know, the way they describe him in the book, he's, and and before that, so he comes to her house before that. And remember, he comes to her house and he says, has anybody been to visit you lately? Mm-hmm. So he seems like this controlling person. What you actually come to find out, though, is he was, well, I don't want to give it away quite yet. Who it right. is. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> He's trying to protect people. Yes. Yes. That way. From a particular person and, you know, not as controlling as um, he's made out to appear. So, well, and he comes, he asks that question and she feels a little defensive about it because when she's had this visitor and and it's important to note that she can welcome people into her home without a problem. It's going outside of the house that is troublesome for her. That's putting it mildly. (laughs) 
<laughs> so she can she can have people in and it's totally fine. So her therapist comes, her physical therapist comes, her tenant is in and out, her right. neighbors are in and out, but she just cannot. going outside is just it's overwhelming. And a lot of it is too just she can't even open a window. The wind on her right. face. It's like the air on her face. Yeah. And so when he she's had this conversation with a woman she believes to be her neighbor and and she's, you know, she's saying that, oh, you know, he's got a temper, he's a control freak, whatever, whatever. So when he comes and asks this question, she's immediately defensive, like, right. on behalf of this woman that she just met. Right. Like, I'm not going to tell him anything about, right. you know, like, thinking she's helping. And then we come to find out that she probably should have said something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So there was, and there, and it, and it felt like. Like, usually with a thriller like this, there's one twist. And then maybe, like, a minor one. There were really, I think, three here. What was the third one? The third being that the woman that she met was not the woman woman she thought she met. Yes, yes. And so, and these twists just sort of piled on each other. And you guys, (laughs) listeners, you can't see me, but I'm using hand (laughs) gestures to make... (laughs) To make piles, um, you can't. You, they sort of pile on each other, and and lead to this conclusion. But it's, you know, you're used to one, maybe two, and then this third one gets thrown in the mix, and it's, yeah, it's a lot wrapped up in the last fifty or so pages. Yes, and and so let's just talk about the traumatic experience that okay. made her this way. First. Yeah. So, like we said, um, so she was having an affair with her a partner, and- right? In the office, mm-hmm. the, the other psychologist, and her husband found out about it. So they were on a they were on a family trip, one last family trip before they were going to tell the, the daughter Olivia. Mm-hmm. Um, they were on a skiing trip, and um, Ed, who was her husband, um, they got to the inn that night, and Ed decides he wants to tell her right then and there that night before they get home. Yeah. And uh, Anna doesn't necessarily agree with that, but they end up telling her. And then Olivia uh, doesn't want to go back in the room, doesn't really want anything to do with them. So then they decide to drive home, but it's in the middle of a snowstorm. Mm -hmm. So what happens is uh, Anna is driving, Ed's in the passenger seat, and Olivia's in the back. And Anna's phone rings, and it is the uh, man that she's having an affair with. And so um, there's a little bit of a tussle over the phone or something like that maybe or the phone fell and they went to somebody reached reached for it it or something and anna ended up and it's on a narrow kind of a mountain road and so anna ended up driving the car off the edge of the road down into a chasm yeah yeah (laughs) something um so she wakes up and she uh so ed is unconscious olivia's unconscious but anna is still you know she's got aches and bruises and stuff but um she's able to get them out of the car and next to the car but then the snowstorm hits and then she drags them back into the car and then pulls them back out again forever but anyway it's two days in the cold and in the snow and anna survives but ed and olivia do not based on their injuries and exposure Mm -hmm. based on so that's the traumatic experience so and the reason they were two days is they were on this, like, rock outcropping on a sheer rock face. So there was no climbing out. Right. She couldn't get her cell phone to work. Um, I, we still don't really know how they were discovered. Right. All you know um, is that 
the helicopter was coming right. or something. So, yeah. So so this is where her agoraphobia comes from, is she's been out in the open in during this traumatic, watching her family slowly die. And, and so now being out in open spaces is, like, too triggering right. for her because of this. Right. And so, but we don't find this out until the last quarter of the book. Right. Right. You're like, you don't, like, unless you guess, like you did, you don't find out that Ed and Olivia are dead until no. way into the investigation after the mm-hmm. incident of the, because the detectives are the one that actually yeah. say that because they yep. discover it. Um, and she sort of unravels when that happens. Right. And then we, we get the whole backstory. Right. Right. So, um, and she, I thought we were going to get it earlier when she was on her support group website. Right. When she was writing to Granny Lizzie. Lizzie. Who, that was another, like, tiny twist. Yeah, it was. Right? Right. Um, that one I remembered from the first okay. time. So, I, yeah. And um, I thought we were going to get it then. And, but, so, the thing was, I that was kind of surprised about this book was that, um... It's the woman in the window, and we're made to believe that she's spying on people all the time, all the time, all the time. And, like, I didn't really, when I was reading it, I didn't get the feeling that she was, like, watching everyone all the time. No. Which is what I thought we were going to get. I didn't know there was, like, I didn't know she was passing some of her time online and watching old movies and, like, doing I really thought she was, like, sitting in a window all the time watching everyone. Right. And so, but she's, she's not, obsessed is the wrong word, but she's fascinated. She's fixated on this family. She is. Because they're new and she, she, I think she sort of like makes up stories for everybody, like fills in the gaps on her own. And so she's seeing sort of a perfect unit that's not a mirror image, but it's similar to the family that she's lost. And I think she's focused on, you know, watching their good life as she sees it unfold until someone gets stabbed. But, you know, I want to say at the very beginning of the book, Mm -hmm. like the first or second chapter, she's watching... The wife have an affair with the construction worker. Different family. Different family. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Those were the Millers, and that's how the the it opened, was that she was like, she's going to get caught this time or whatever. So you, you kind of get the feeling that she's been watching them for a while. And and, and initially, we, like, we learned about them. We learned about the Wassermans, who were super rude to them when they first moved in, and then they never saw again. And the fa- I can't remember the name of the family, but the family that throws the Christmas party every year. Like, right. we learn a little bit about each one, and then suddenly, it is all Russells all the time. Right. Yeah. So I was surprised that it wasn't, like, I... <laughs> I guess I was anticipating, like, at the beginning of each chapter, we were going to get an update on where everybody was and what they were doing. (laughs) That was not what we got. No. Which was fine. It just, I I went in with a misconception. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the, it's a very fast read, like I said. Mm -hmm. It's very short chapters. Um, It's not descriptive detail, I would say, whatsoever. (laughs) So it moves really fast. And, you know, like I say, you've got, could be one page of a chapter, could be two pages Mm -hmm. of a chapter. So... It's 400 pages, but it, it goes really fast. Um, yeah. And it keeps you going because you just don't know. My thing is, like, so the only way she can leave the house is is with the umbrella. <laughs> I, I, and I can't figure that out for the life of me. I'm trying to picture that. So I'm assuming that you open the umbrella mm-hmm. 
and you have it immediately in front of you so you cannot see the world around you. Is that what it is? Yeah. And I was all I was actually almost envisioning one of those super deep umbrellas. Okay. Like the so you carry it and it almost comes down to like your shoulders. Oh, I was you know thinking it was about? held out in front. You're probably right. But when she first talked about it, I was like, okay, so it's she's using it like a bubble. All right. But yes, I think it was almost like a shield. Like if she put it down and she ducked her head. Okay. And once again I'm making motions, but no one can, <laughs> no one right. can hear those. Right. And you put it down and duck behind it, then yes, you can fool yourself into thinking you're not out in the open. Right. Um, but it does make she tries at one point to trail Mrs. Russell and it like you're not inconspicuous using your umbrella no. like a shield walking down the no. sidewalk. So But you were that, like you were rooting for her. Well, I was. For that time, the, yep. the when you know, I just didn't think she was going to make it the first time when she tried to get to the house when the woman was first stabbed. I yeah. just I didn't see her making it, but I mean, she was determined yeah. to get just to see that woman. Yep. So um and she did it and I was so proud. Yeah. Cuz you know, my other thing with Anna, I was so ambivalent about her character. Okay. Because I didn't like her. I didn't dislike her. I didn't feel sorry for her. I didn't. There was only that one time. Yeah. Was that. And any other time I just, she was just like, I didn't really have any feeling for her whatsoever. Well, this book gets compared a lot to The Girl on the Train. I, I can say that. I felt the same way about The Girl on the Train. I was like, I don't like you. Right. I don't care how this put, but but like, I want to know what you saw. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see it? Was it real? Right. I want to know the mystery, but like, there was nothing likable about that character. Well, and. But even this character, I think, is different because I just think that you don't like her. I, me, I didn't dislike her. I didn't like her or, you know, yeah, whatever. Know. Um, she just didn't evoke any feeling. Yeah. But I was upset that people were making her feel like she was crazy. Well, yes. And that's because that's never. Yeah. You never like that. So I, I think I think if I had to if I had to lean one way or the other, I would like her, but in defense of her. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. And you know, the the one person that I felt sorry for was actually David, the tenant. And he's got this very minor role. Oh. I thought the way that she attacked him or yeah. called him out, you know, I thought, Oh, you poor guy. Yeah. Well, okay, so can we go to the big twist now? Because yes. this I think this plays to it. So I think it's important to know that she was a child psychologist. Yes. And so the Russells have a teenage son who, for I guess for lack of a better word, she befriends, right? Is that is he that right? He comes over. Right? He comes, yeah. yeah. He comes over with a gift and says it's from his mom. She's feeling protective of him because he's also saying these things about his dad that, you know, he's got a temper and, you know, he's... He's homeschooled and he's not allowed to have a phone and he's he's feeding her these lines that make her believe that he, you know, he might be in danger in his own home. And so I think that maybe she lashes out at David because the only other real option didn't strike her as a realistic one. That could be. Yeah. Because just, she's worked with kids and she knows them and she's and then she didn't read this one right at all. Well, and he even says that. Yep. Right. He even says that. You're a psychologist, and I yeah. thought that you would pick up on it. Yeah. So. And you know what? At one point, and I, I wrote it down, at one point in the store, so she leaves the house, right, uh-huh. and goes, and that kid, when she goes to the coffee shop, when she's following the woman, and the, the other kid in the neighborhood, the Takeda kid, whatever his name Oh, that's the name. That's family. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, he opens the door for her as she goes in the coffee, and he recognizes her. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, Anna says, 
she has learned to spot good kidness mm-hmm. in young people. A secret halo orbiting their heads. Olivia's got one, her daughter, and Ethan's got one. Yeah. Ethan did not have a halo of goodness. No, so why? I mean, it's just fascinating to me that, you know, she she's a psychologist, a child psychologist, and she missed all yeah. the clues. Yeah. So, spoiler alert in the spoilers, <laughs> Ethan's the stabber. Right. <laughs> Ethan's a psychopath. Ethan, Ethan is a psychopath or sociopath? Why can I never remember the difference? He called himself a psychopath. Did he? Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, so it turns out that she did, in fact, witness someone being stabbed. Um, So the woman she thought was Jane Russell turned out to be, and this is where it gets real twisty. Right. Ethan's biological mother, who had found them in this house in New York, was making a plea to be able to see him, speak with him, be a part of this life. They're not crazy about this. And so um, it turns out that the woman that she invited into her house who helped her back in and who she assumed was Jane Russell was the biological mother. And so then, so this is the woman she sees get stabbed. When she's explaining to the police what she saw and she's saying, I saw him stab his wife, I saw him stab his wife. The real Jane Russell is fine. And that's why everyone's sort of like, did you see what you thought you saw? Right. Because she's here. We can see her ID. She's fine. And Ethan is sort of going along with it, but she thinks it's because he's afraid. Right. Doesn't want to speak out. And so, yeah, so then she's trying to decide, did this woman actually exist? Or was it too much sleeping pill with too much low or whatever? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what, what's been happening is um, Ethan has been sneaking into Anna's house every night and watching her... While she sleeps and changing the password on her phone and on her computer and taking a picture of her while she sleeps and sending it to her in an email. And and so that creates even more that Anna is crazy, you know, like because when she, she sends so she gets a picture of herself sleeping. It's like a selfie. She doesn't remember it doing. And she finds out that she sent it herself. It's what it's made it look like. But come to find out it wasn't really her that did it it was ethan who's been in her house every night when she's sleeping and doing all these things to her to make it look like she's even more crazy right right so then the it all comes to a head one night when he decides he's had enough fun mm-hmm. with her and decides he's going to kill her or whatever it is you know yeah he's planned he knows she's put it together that the woman did exist because she has proof right and and he in his like pleading teenager way convinces her to give him time to go home and like talk to his parents before she calls the police. So, you know, he goes, Mm. he ends up in her bedroom and that's the freaky thing too, because Mm -hmm. she wakes up and sees him or she was petting the cat or something and asked and asked the cat something. And Ethan answered. His voice comes out of the dark. dark, And it's just like, well, and to her credit, she said she like, before she went to bed, just something was like gnawing at her, but she was so like, drugged up at that point that she wasn't wasn't coming through and it comes through in a dream about her daughter and it's something because ethan asks about the cat the injury to the cat that he shouldn't have known about right and so when she wakes up in the middle of the night and don't you hate when you do that when you like come awake and you think of something or you're like startled awake by 
a dream or a thought or whatever, and she's laying in the dark, and then he's talking to her, and she's just freaking out, right. which I don't blame her for. Right. So, yeah. So it's then a- there's a big fight, a big chase scene, but just in the house. Well, like, <laughs> make it roof. to the roof, because yep. <laughs> there's a big garden on the roof. Yes. So. Which, this is... I can't figure out the houses. Have uh, you figured out no. the houses? Like, are they townhouses? Are they real houses? I are think... They... I can't figure it out. That's... I could never... I think it's a brownstone. I a think brownstone. it's like a tall... Okay. They talk about the four stories or whatever. Right. But this... And this is neither here nor there, but okay. So when they're talking in earlier in the book about the water stain on the ceiling and it's getting bigger and David's going to fix it and whatever, whatever. And then they go up and there's this garden on the roof. I'm like, how is the whole roof not having a water problem? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, and I can't tell you how long I thought about that because it's a little <laughs> embarrassing. But like, I was like, I'm struggling to know how they're growing... How they're putting all this greenery up top and they don't have mildew everywhere, but whatever. Right. I'm probably I'm overthinking that right now because we have a little plumbing issue at our house <laughs> <laughs> right at this moment. So anyway, so yeah, so the, and Ethan winds up falling through the, what's it called? Skylight. The skylight and ultimately yeah. Died. perishes yes. in the, as, yes. at the bottom. Um, and, and Anna is vindicated because she was not crazy. Right. Right. <laughs> so... And it's come out of her funk, so to speak. Yeah. You know, kind of, it's the catalyst that brings her uh-huh. out of, um, she can now walk outside a right. little bit. You she know, starts to heal. Working, yes. So that's, so I guess it's a happy ending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. But anyway, it was a good book. It was a fast read. It's It kept you on your toes. Yep. Um, yeah. There is too long a list of movies for me to go in there, but I was pleased to see Rebecca make a a cameo. Yes, yes. Well, Rebecca and what's the Alfred Hitchcock one, which is pretty much what this... Oh. Was it Rear Window? Isn't that what it is? Maybe. Isn't that what it is? I don't know. My friend's going to be really disappointed that I can't remember that. Yeah. So, yeah. I know. I I mean, it's It's technically an Alfred Hitchcock-esque book. But in any case, um, I was entertained. The audio was good. If I'd had longer, I would have listened to the whole thing. Um, I'm finding, like, a renewed love for audiobooks right now. So <laughs> Maybe so. you just need to – can't you just up the speed a little bit? I could, but then everyone sounds like a chipmunk. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's important. Like, like in The uh, the Wife Upstairs, it mattered if I could hear the, the change in voice. Oh. Because this one was narrated – solely by Anna. It probably went a bit okay. Um, but yeah, so I was entertained by it. I would have liked to finish it on audio, but now I'm going to move on to the next one, so I'm not going to go back and finish it there. So, all right. Anything else? Um, no. Are you going to watch it on Netflix, do you think? I am. I okay. do want to see because I want to because, you know, every time I think that, I think, oh, that she shouldn't hear. She shouldn't be cast no. in that role. And then, I, and then I'm like, oh, well, it actually kind of works. Maybe. Because as much as I hated um, the Kristen and Hannah one. Firefly Lane? Yes. Yeah. I didn't see them as characters. By the end, mm-hmm. I, I could kind of see it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Maybe they they grew on me. Okay. Type of thing. All right. That's I didn't fair. necessarily like the, the certain scenarios that they had them in, which were different from the book. But I feel the characters grew on me. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love Amy Adams. I think she's great. Yeah. The last thing I can remember her playing that was sort of dark was when I watched um, Dark Objects. 
Did you watch that on HBO? Um, that was a six or eight part series. It was very good. And I really liked that book. So I was hoping they didn't screw it up. But like, I'm hoping that I can, like, I can distinguish between that character and this one because they're both, they're both in kind of a, a deep place. Okay. And, um, in a dark place. And I'm, I'm hoping to see a little twist on it, I guess, but yeah. We'll so us, I just saw we'll that comes out on May 14th. So. I'll okay. So next. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All so right. our next book for our next podcast mm-hmm. is Killers of the Flower Moon uh, by David Gray. I got a big sticker over it. It's a library it again. book. It's Killers of the Flower Moon by David Gran. And, yes. Uh, so we're back so. to nonfiction. The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI. Did yeah. I say that right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear this is a fast read, too. Yep. And so. once again, we're being motivated by pop culture because we're reading this because they're making a film. <laughs> um, and we will be, because it's episode 20, we'll be welcoming oh, right. our favorite our favorite guest podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Jen will be back with us to talk about this one. Yes. So uh, you can look for that in um, it's a, we have a little shorter time between podcasts this time. So we'll be uh, you, there'll be a little little faster turnaround between episode 19 and 20. Right. Um, and then we'll be taking a little hiatus. So yes. you'll have plenty of time to catch up, read all the books and um, and then be ready when we're. When try we're the drinks. Make sure yes. you try the try drinks. Try the drinks, yes. everybody. Because maybe not. I mean, anybody can drink red wine, but some yeah. of those drinks were darn good. Yeah, I feel like we should maybe do a podcast post or a blog post about our like top five. <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> so when we're on break, everyone has a little something, something to, to do. do. Right. <laughs> so in the meantime, well, and you know, summer's coming, so right. we should have our five. Yeah. Go to cocktails. Let's do that. So anyway. All right. So we'll get right. that together for you. In the meantime, enjoy the woman in the window. We'll be back to talk to you about Killers of the Flower Moon. And until then, be safe and cheers. Cheers.